Welcome to How the West is Number One. My name is Jules Brooke, and this podcast has been proudly sponsored by the Maravanong City Council and is all about the extraordinary business owners we have in this area. Today's guest for the podcast is the amazing John Ung, who is the owner of the Money Jar Concept. He's the founder of Humans of Sky, um, and he's also Citizen of the Year 2020 for the City of Maravanong. So welcome, John. Hello there, Jules. Good afternoon. Well, what right now, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. It's good to have everyone here. <laughs> I think I'm just going to sit back and wait for you. You sound like such a good radio announcer. Okay, so <laughs> let's start with uh, what it is that you do. Now, I've told people about the Money Jar concept, so let's start with that. What is it? Well, it's really just uh, a name for a finance broker, brokerage. That's because I'm a broker. And and we grew up, uh, Well, I well, a lot of us grew up putting you know, coins into jars. Jars, that's right. <laughs> and I didn't want anything too complicated. I just thought John Ng Finance sounds a little bit too, just doesn't sound right. So I just wanted to hark back to the days where we were saving money. So money jar concept. And I love it. It's cute. And yeah. it's got a great sort of visual that goes with it. So what do you do as part of my, and don't just say I'm a, I'm a financial person. No, no, Tell no. us a little bit more about what you do. This. There'll be people listening who might actually want to use your <laughs> services. So how about you tell us about them? I think the key part of this, of what I do is education. And a lot of us grow up not understanding yes, finance. I'm putting my hand up for that one. Yep. There's a lack of um, education in this curriculum system, a curriculum mm-hmm. in Australia and even in Singapore, where I'm originally from. Um, and a lot of people finish high school and uni and it's and they're on 60 grand salaries, 80 grand salaries. And they're like, oh, wow, you know, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm making a lot of money now. And I'm just going to destroy my credit rating by applying for a lot of credit cards and not pay them back. And that's how things go pear shape. And someone like me will come in and obviously tell them, this is what you really need to do. This is what you need to do to buy the million dollar house, a beach. Shack. Okay. So yeah. you sort of help people with literally with their financials as well to sort of save up to get houses, never mind That's just right. buy them. There's, obviously oh, there's, there's, there's other stuff that um, there's a limited limitation, limitation to what I can do, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm a good starting point. You are a good starting point. And I like, I've, I've, I see your videos as you wander through the park, educating people on what's going on with new rates or new laws or whatever. Yep. So um, that's great to see. Okay. Now let's move on to the next thing that you do, which is how I met you, because you profile locals in um, a website page called The Humans of Sky. What? Tell me how that even came about and what does it mean? What does the sky stand for first? I'm not going to. I don't so, want to so give sky away the punchline. <laughs> sky is an acronym for Seddon, Kingsville, and Yarraville, this little triangle area that we live in. Yeah. Obviously, it's grown out to a little bit more to inner west now. Right. Um, so it's really me profiling local people who live, work, and play within mm-hmm. the area. And um, Why? What, what gave you the idea in the first place? Well, I wanted to take away, step back from my 15-hour corporate job at NAB, where I was previously. Right. And I wasn't enjoying myself. Just making money was wasn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but like I was, <laughs> you know, I wasn't enjoying myself. And I've got a journalist journalism background, and I thought I wanted to meet people and talk to people. I'm staring at spreadsheets and analyzing income, and I'm just giving people a loan. It's not fun, right? So it's a spinoff from Humans of New York, which is the original concept mm-hmm. from over a decade ago. And I thought I'm not a photographer by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm going to tell say, Jules Brooks' story, chronological um, format and, you know, baby pictures of Jules and 
And obviously, I've seen younger pictures of yourself <laughs> and, and current jewels. And what brought you to the inner west? Share your story. Are you a business owner? Coincidentally, about 75% of them to happen to be women. And right. a lot of them are business owners. And I'm Isn't looking, that extraordinary? I know. I like it. Look who you attract. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for more men out there. There's not many men who want to talk to me. I think it's a men thing. Okay. Women love sharing the stories, not so much men. So. Right. Well, there's the call. There's the call straight away. Okay. Any men out there? Time to get yourself up on Humans of Sky. So it started as a Facebook page that was based on that group in in America, which I've always, I used to follow that and loved it. Um, but it moved on from there because you've got a website now, haven't you? So because I'm just thinking if people are listening and they don't necessarily go on Facebook, they can still read these stories, can't they? How? So, um, yes, I thought, so it's on, on top of Facebook and then around the second or third year, I, st- I started an Instagram page as well, also Humans of Sky. Right. But I think around the same time, I thought because both both platforms, Facebook and Instagram, are owned by Zuckerberg himself, mm-hmm. should he pull one of the social media pages of of you know of the face of the world one day, like Which one, he, like he did last year, and and <laughs> it could happen. And look at what happened to MySpace. Mm. There has to be a place to house all these stories. And I'm currently at 151 human stories. Wow! Obviously, you're one of them, Jules. Yes. So I thought I'll create a website. It's it's not not very professional looking. So, but the most important I thing think it is, is, hang on a minute, don't don't uh, run it down. I think it looks really good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, just it houses all the stories, and um, so you know, in 50 years' time, that's my legacy for anyone who um, who you know who looks up Seven Kings from Yarraville. Gorgeous. And yeah. what's the web address for it? Just let so people know. So it's literally humansofsky, one word, dot com, mm-hmm. dot au. Amazing. Amazing. I just love what you do. I think that's how I, you got on my radar at first. So now I want to hear all about you, though, John. So let's start talking a little bit about, look, this is about business, so we'll make it about your career, but let's start at the beginning of your career. Now, you've alluded to the fact that you grew up in Singapore, but let's say, take me back to when you were, I don't know, 18, and then bring me up to date in terms of how your career's developed and any fabulous stories along the way. I'll go back a little bit more quickly. Okay. So my grandparents, uh, they were escaping the Japanese persecution from the Second World War. Oh, right. They relocated south to Malaysia. Yeah. Had their children who are my parents, naturally, and they left for Singapore. Mm-hmm. Just I'm just a regular guy. I wasn't I'm, I was never a student, a good student. I'm more of a playful sports <laughs> academic's not my thing. And did so, you have a big family? Nah, I've got a younger brother who is who is a complete opposite of me. Straight private school in high school, went straight to one of the top um, universities in Singapore. His part, his wife's exact is a replica of him. Just straight private school, great students, and they just they just following just, the, the, yeah, the party line. I that's, guess that that's, sort that's of, you right. Know. It's like my, my parents always say, you know, sometimes why can't you be more like him? I'm like, really, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want two of us, <laughs> mom no. and dad. Oh. But um, <laughs> okay, I, so what happened with you? And then around the age of eighteen, I did what most men in Singapore do. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got man- mandatory um, conscription there. Uh, oh, nas- ouch. National service. So anytime between the ages of 18 and 21. So did uh, they just call you up? You just get a letter and say, uh, you right, you're starting next week? No, not next week. So I knew I was going to go in about nine months' time. Right. So, um, and did it freak you out? I mean, were, were you didn't. excited by it? It didn't. Or? It's a rite of passage okay. for every, every Singapore man. Mm-hmm. You, could, you, could be, you could be suffering from some kind of... Um, uh, uh, something f- that f- means physical that impairment or some sort, feet. <laughs> yeah. And you still need to finish your two years at oh, least. Oh, okay, yeah. right. Two but years. But you obviously you'd be put more in the, more in a clerical 
um, okay. uh, aspect. But you still need to serve the first three months, which is basic military training. So I've lobbed grenades, fire live rounds, basic military training. And then what do you do for the rest of I, the two I spend, years? I spent a year and a half in 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 one of the uh, artillery um, barracks. Oh right! So I was wow. I, I followed one of the. Um, I followed a second lieutenant and a sergeant major around, and I was at I was like admin boy, right? Yeah, <laughs> because I, I actually faked an injury uh, in, in my early days because I didn't want to do be sweaty and all. So so they bought my fake fake injury. I actually had an, a fake. Op- I had a genuine operation, but um, it wasn't maybe as sore as. It? <laughs> no, it wasn't as sore. But because of that, I got you know they they gave me admin duties for the for the rest of the year and a half. So I didn't really. But I, so okay, so yeah. here's my question to you: What did you learn from those I two did. years? I'll tell you what's the most important thing about military service. In hindsight, I mean, obviously we laugh at it now. It's um, it's it it teaches you discipline, mm. and you realize that it's not just about you. I know the culturally Australian and and Singapore is different, obviously. Yeah. But um, it's you got to start thinking it's not just about myself mm-hmm. and um, discipline. And, and perseverance. And if you want something, and even though you don't like it where you are right now, there's there's a reason why you're doing this as a greater good. Because in the event, in this case, yeah, should the country go to war, you're there. Yeah. And true. I'm putting this in context of when I came to Australia for the first time in when I was 24. Well, hang on. What happened between 18 and 24? Oh, You've I'm only just, done two years. Of, <laughs> two just years. Putting, I'm just juxtaposing, you know, what I learned in, in Singapore in okay. the military times yeah. here. I saw there were a lot of disaffected youths who in know, Australia who, in Australia mm. who didn't have a sense of self or identity and they were just living their life and just living off the dole and didn't want to work and they just didn't have they didn't feel like they had a purpose in life. And I felt if they only had six months to a year, it doesn't have to be two years mm. of military service or mm. something, or join the police, join the navy, then that would give them some value or purpose in life and they'll understand. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's but, interesting because yeah. I grew up as an army brat as well, although my dad was in the British Army, but we moved around a lot. But I definitely agree with you that I think it it gives you a different grounding in life and a different way of looking at things. So, okay, so yes. next, what happens? So, how? So you finished that your two years? How old I are you then? Twenty one, right? Um, Did you go off the rails? No, <laughs> I finished at twenty one, and at that point, um, I was, I was. I thought, you know, just two years had really cleaned up my life. Like, you know, right. I really realized, okay, you know, what am I going to do now? Most peers, people around my my age group, yeah. in most parts of the world would have already worked for a couple of years. Mm. And because I wasn't really, I wasn't a great academic person, but I knew I was great with the talking and the, and the social bit. So I, I landed a job in... And and what is still, I think, one of the larger advertising companies around the world, Saatchi and Saatchi. Oh, it is one of the largest. Yeah. Wow. Anyone would, what I, were you I, doing there? So you would have heard of McCannerx and Saatchi, yes, Saatchi. These yes. are the big ones. So I was, I was an, I was a, I can, I was an account executive. I was handling right. one of the accounts, and that's where I learned how to do some software stuff and talking to people, selling ads okay. for uh, for what is the equivalent of the age. So yeah. obviously, advertising twenty years ago was a bit different then. So we would sell. Um, ad spaces, um, depending on which page, some of yes. them will cost more. So page one and page three will, will, will always more expensive. Cost more because you, that's the first page you yep. turn to, and uh, you know half size page, quarter size page, and that's when I realized I learned a little bit more about marketing and ad spaces. But right. and I was there only for about um, a year, 
And right. all this time, um, I was, I think I was 23 by then. Mm-hmm. And um, I started, um, I started thinking, what, what other options do I have? Did, did you always think I want to leave Singapore? I never thought I'd be leaving Singapore. Okay, I thought I was, right. I was quite happy there, but, yeah. um, um, but I knew because I didn't, I didn't feel like I fit. I fitted in Singapore like a glove. I was happy there, right? And I was kind of, you know. Probably yeah, suits more like I your was, brother's kind of a personality. Yeah, I was, I was, um, maybe it's, I would just resign. I, res- I was resigned to to be there for the rest of my life. Um, but little did I know that at that point, who's a lady I started dating, who's not my wife, right, Michelle? She, yes, yes, I know, you know Michelle. <laughs> Michelle is her name. Yes, she had already left for Melbourne and to pursue a nursing career, and she still is. She's still in the health industry, and right, and long term just doesn't cut it. So I thought I'm gonna f- take two weeks off from my advertising job and had a bit of leave, annual leave there. Came over here just to, just to see, you know, we, what we just, crazy thing she'd done and yeah, whether it was correct. <laughs> what and, Australia was like. Correct, and that was my first time in Melbourne. Right in 2004. Okay, so I think I was 24, 25 then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then obviously we realized we, you know. We we genuinely liked each other, but I had to return. And we were dating long distance for f- six months. Ouch! So by and long distance doesn't work for <laughs> no, anyone. No, no. For anyone listening out there, you know, I mean, putting COVID aside, long distance does not work. It really needs a lot of um, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of needing and, and working on to actually make it work. Yeah. So at the end of twenty oh four, um, I I told my parents, you know, I'd, I'm I'm dating someone. I'd like to be with them and, you know, I would How like to. How did that go down? They understood, but, uh-huh. you know, my mom, dad was okay, but mom's more the traditional type. It's like, you're the oldest boy in, you a, should be, in, yeah. in a Chinese way. It's like, you should be here taking care of us. But they understood and they knew that because I did, because I dropped out, I also dropped out of high school. I mean, dropped out of university. So they had an inkling that maybe you weren't going to be the That's <laughs> right. That's right. So then I said, I'm going to pursue a, a degree. Um, in Australia, while I'm overseas, right, I've got this opportunity too. So, and they let me. And, so and I, was that journalism? Yes, communications. I was majoring in broadcast journalism. So, right. um, and three years here went by smoothly. I got a degree and a bachelor's, and and then when I graduated, they were expecting me to come home, Uh-oh. as any <laughs> oldest Chinese boy would, yeah, to take care of them. I turned to them and said, "I've proposed to Michelle." And we bought a home, and I there was a bit of there was some silence on the end of that phone. I remember, and but you know it's they can't tell me what to do. Do they come over here a bit now? They came. Oh, not not now. Okay. They haven't been. They haven't been here in ten years. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, but I, I go and see them quite often. Right. Um. But the yeah, we bought a home, and we haven't looked back since. And had three kids and you know my you know you see that you see my kids and my wife on social media so. i do i do and now other people will as well but you can't jump ahead like that so <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> okay so you finished your communications degree how, how have you ended up running money jar conceptors i guess the short question oh, now the, you know life life takes you on different journeys mm. you go where the wind blows it does so when I finished my journalism degree at 27, I was still an international student. I didn't have a working visa. Ah, and you needed so, one. And I needed one. But 
fortunately, we were already engaged and we were planning to get married. And so was Michelle an Australian she's, citizen she's already or got, permanent she's, resident? She's, she's a permanent resident, yeah. Okay. So I couldn't do anything. So I was I was only able to work temp jobs. Right. And so I've between the age of 27 and 29, not kidding, I was doing sandwich hands in factories. I was making sandwiches for factory workers. Wow. Kitchen, I was washing dishes. I was I was I was doing wait, waitering. I was 20 I was in my late 20s, mid right. to late 20s. I've and got a kind degree. of going, hang and on could, a minute. Yeah. yeah. Most people at that point had already worked in the white collar, whatever job they were on, they were on pushing 80 grand, 100 grand salaries. But here I was floundering. Making sandwiches for the factory yeah. floor. And we bought a house and we were getting married. And I just went, what am I doing? Five. Right. And then I've always re- gotten jobs through a recruitment agency. Mm-hmm. And this lady, after giving me jobs for two or three years, she said, you know what, John, you could you you talk very well. I think I've got a perfect job for you. You could sell ice to an Eskimo. Yeah. So um, she got me a job in a call center environment and at NAB, collecting, right. collecting money from, from people who are in arrears on their personal <laughs> well, loans and credit fun. cards. So I was literally <laughs> calling people up and saying, hey, you owe us money. <laughs> yeah, you've been yeah. incredibly popular. Well, but I did... Amazingly, it's I learned all the back-end stuff of finance. And yeah. that, that, that was the initial days of me understanding how finance in Australia works. I had right. no idea how finance works. Right. But I was collecting money so well, just through the phone, I should, and I said to myself, surely I can sell something. If I'm collecting money, surely I can sell something, which mm-hmm. is the front end of finance. Right. So I, I, I spoke to the team leader, and, and they moved me to the front end. Mm-hmm. And uh, soon I was selling just credit cards and personal loans. I used to be collecting money from them. Now I'm selling the same thing. <laughs> Knowing that they're going to get those calls. In That's a few right. Years. <laughs> but I had a sales target to hit. I mean, so, and then I moved to home loan since. Yeah. And loved I, it. And I loved it. And I stayed at NAB for seven and a bit years. Wow. Okay. So between two years in collections, five years in sales. Mm-hmm. And that was around the time I was working 15, 16 hours. Right. And I started thinking, I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not happy. No. And you've kind of gone from one extreme to the other from part-time, you know, smaller right. jobs to all of a sudden, hang on, I do also have a life. That's right. And that's when I started, you know, and I've been following humans in New York. I started thinking, can this be something I'm doing? Because by then I had already relocated to Yarraville. That's yeah. where we are. And I thought, could I do something similar and just talk about local people? And I just did it anyway. And it's, of course, made men, men, I mean, what's great about it is it's expanded your network so you know everyone in this area which, now. Which really, I, I, t- I tell you, it really wasn't the intention. No, no, it like, really, I yeah. understand that, but, but it's a nice byproduct of it. Exactly, and, and like I said, like the wind, you go where the wind blows. And, yeah. and fast forward to today and I I can say I, I, I leverage off both brands. Mm-hmm. I like to keep them separate. Yeah. Um, but I never profile someone or interview someone with the intention of them being my my customers. Oh, is, my but is that what happens? But that actually happens. All oh, right. So I would say so not bad. I was, I, sort of, what do they call it? Lead gen or a funnel, <laughs> sales it's funnel. A, it's a strange way to generate leads, isn't it? Yeah, but it's and, a nice and way. And they're friends and family and people who, and a lot of times people see me on, they, they, they sent me a private message or email me. We've been following you in Humans of Sky. We saw your social media. And a lot of people I speak to, they already know how I look, how I how I sound. They all know my family, but I've got no idea. And it sounds like <laughs> who they are. Everyone who messages me, they're like stalkers. So, right. But here we are. It's 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 nice. And and, and what's your big hairy audacious goal for Money Jar Concept? Then what, what what would you like to be doing, say, ten years from now? 
I think um, <laughs> it's the, the the name is just an umbrella name. So ideally, we could eco ego manager concept property advocacy manager right. concept conveyancing manager yeah. concept yeah. accounting. So it could be anything. Okay. So yeah. there's no plan. It's just wait and see what it, unfolds. Yeah, it's right. I like that. All right. Now, um, and, and it, we're very lucky to have you in this area. Now, because you, you. are in Maribyrnong and you were Citizen of the Year, which I'm going to ask about in a few minutes, but first, <coughs> can you talk to me about some of your favourite Maribyrnong places? Seeing as this has been sponsored by the council, I think it's nice to <laughs> hear some of the well, areas. given that I still have... <coughs> A, a little three-year-old places I visit need to be child-friendly. Yep. So, um, and luckily, there's lots of choices around here. Yes. Right? Uh, established 1906 in Seddon, yep. nice courtyard is huge, airy. Um, Naked Eggs got a little play area. Anywhere around Yarraville Village, really, uh, particularly the Alpha and um, Wee Genie area with the little. Yep, pop up park. There. Yeah, that's lovely. The back next, of the... next next to the train station. Yes, and yes. obviously the, the pop up park um, opposite. You know, just in front of Corner Shop and Alpha. Okay, now I'm sure it doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while, you and Michelle must get the opportunity to go out. Just the two just, of you. No, no, never. Yes, we have. I not... was going to say, where do you go when it's just the two of you? But you haven't. No, we because we have no family. family here. Yeah. We have. Yeah, we a lot have of no... friends. <laughs> We wouldn't want to impose on them. It's not fair, right. even though a lot of friends say, "Please drop them off." I'm like, nah, it's, it's 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 you're being polite, but we don't want to impose either. So it will happen next year because he's just done three, yeah, and he will have four year, three year, four year kindy next year. It's you know five hour blocks, one yes. day a week. So next year we'll have five hours to ourselves for the first time. In, in four years, when she discovered she was pregnant and she was she was waddling around like a duck, <laughs> and then she, we had kids. And we had two other older kids. How old's your eldest? Uh, Eleven, eight, and three. Okay, that's a good spread, and you know the time flies. It does. Um, what about in terms of your business? Do you work with any other businesses in the area? I do. Um, Go on then, tell me. A lot of my network <laughs> um, are within the inner west. Family lawyers. Accountants, buyers, advocates. Any any great ones you want to mention? Oh, come on, give us some names. Can we name, We're can we the, name drop? Is, yes, we can. So, um, well, buyers, advocate. I use Kate Bacos a fair bit. Okay, and with every, every relationship I have with everyone, it's purely professional. We don't. It's just you know we know we do good work for each other. We're not yeah. going to make them look like um, they're bad operators. Yeah. Um, family lawyers. I use um, Anderson Family Lawyers. Okay. Um, I've there's unfortunately due to COVID, there's been, and you know, I would never wish this upon anyone. It's a lot of there's a lot of breakdown in marital mm. relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know heaps of accountants, um, financial planners, building and pest inspectors. Right. So you're the man to go to basically if we're stuck. <laughs> I like to think so. Yeah. I would say so. Now, let's go to that award that you won last year from the council, Citizen of the Year. Now, I'm just intrigued because, firstly, I'm intrigued about how did it happen. Then I want to know what happens when you are Citizen of the Year. So talk <laughs> me through the whole thing. What? How did you find out? I mean, did you have to apply? Well, I didn't have to apply, but I was told that I've, I will be nominated. Nominated, yes. Okay. So the nomination came um, from... A staff who's actually from Hobson's Bay. Okay. Because a lot of my work spills over to Hobson's yeah. Bay and sometimes to Brimbrang as well. well. We're very yeah. neighborly. And they said, 
does Mary Belong know that you're doing this? I said, I don't know. I just enjoy doing this. This was second year. I've already this finished is two years. Sky, which yeah, yeah, yeah. Human to Sky. Yeah. Not much. <laughs> yeah. And she said, you know what? It's you, you, You're doing some awesome work there. Mm. I think you, you deserve to be to be acknowledged or, or for, for what you're doing because you're raising the profile of a lot of local people yeah, around yeah. here. And so my name was put into the hat. And then after a while, I got an email saying, you're one of the nominees. I'm like, what? So you hadn't had to fill I, anything out at that stage? Or? I, I had to do a couple of things. I had to do a police check. Um, and oh, I can't remember now. It was two years ago. I had to do a police check and, um, but, but just, and just a short blurb uh, in, in the event that okay. I was in the event that I won. But because I was nominated, I, I didn't. Uh, apparently, you get a booklet, actually. And on nomination night, on the event night itself, um, all the nominees will have a little two-paragraph blurb on who we are and why we've been nominated. Yeah. yeah. And it was nice. And it came out, and I'll just say this to anyone who's listening. No one genuinely starts any a business or community project or outreach group, anything of the sort to win an award. We don't do it. We do it because we genuinely want to do it. Want to do it. Yeah. And we enjoy it. It takes you know, it's 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 our mental health. Um, it's very disingenuous, I think. I, mean, I can't Correct. imagine anybody does it for the awards they might get. It's, Correct. Yeah. It's so for the love of what you're it's doing. It's nice. And on the award night itself, it's... Um, so what is the award night? What happens? So we all get it at the Maribodong, um City City Hall. Okay. This was just three months before the whole COVID thing <laughs> came around. Um, everyone had... We could bring a plus one. Yeah. I brought Michelle. And obviously, our youngest one back then, he was only just over a year old we can, because there's no one. They're not going to put him up to have someone watch him. So he brought him along. Right. And everyone had sit-down dinner and um, all, oh. the, all the – there were probably 12 to 15 awards. Yeah. Each award had five nominees, five to seven nominees. Right. It's a lot. And and the most and you important – You were the top of the tree with the Citizen of the Year. The most important one was Citizen of the Year. And, I just, <laughs> and I, here I was just – a, a, a guy who's created something just three years ago, purely because I had, I was wanted to do something yeah. for fun. And the other nominees are stalwarts in you know in in the food and beverage and the arts area. And to, several of them have been in volunteers for the particular club for thirty or forty right. years. Super deserving of the award. And then when my name flashed and they called me out, I was like. <laughs> like like hashtag WTF and like what's going on? <laughs> but so what happens? What, what I mean? What do you get given? And and so how does it work I, out? There was a there was a glass uh, plaque vase. I don't even know what it was. It's, okay. it's 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 like a it stands. Yeah, but an it's, award. It's an award. Yeah, yeah. they give they give me one like a trophy. Sorry, is like the tro- word for it. that's right, trophy, trophy. <laughs> okay, and I had to give a speech. Yeah, um, and thankfully I had already hastily written something out in, in the event that I won. Yeah. So I was just reading off a, a half legible script that I had written. Yeah. And then um, that award, that trophy is now gathering dust on my in my in my room. But some of I, at that point, obviously, I didn't know that you have you have uh, responsibilities. I was going to say, serve. are there obligations there as are, part of it? There are. Okay. So, um, like what Spider Man says, you know, with great responsibilities, with great powers come great responsibilities. So, <laughs> so Spider Man said that. <laughs> I'm a big Spider-Man fan okay. with the comics. Anyway, <laughs> so I have to attend um, citizenship awards, mm-hmm. um, award nights. Yeah, I had to do three over the course of the calendar year. Okay. Naturally, I haven't done any because because of COVID. Yeah, right. And um, there were a few other things that 
I had to do, but I wasn't meant privy to it because obviously COVID came around. Right. And, um, so you've had an unusual sort it's of been year an unusual as being thing, but um, citizen. I've had, I've had, I've been invited to a couple of things where it involves uh, citizen year um, input. So, but naturally. Good plans were there, but it didn't happen either, right? Because of COVID again. And when does the year? What what is the year? When when does it end? So the year is. So I won the twenty twenty. Yeah, is for efforts rendered the calendar year before, right? Um. So between twenty nineteen January and twenty nineteen December. So no, but I just meant when. When do you stop being citizen of the year? When's the oh, next person? When the come next in? one comes yeah, in? Yeah. yeah. So, so what time, when is that? When do they do that? When so did you the, become the, citizen? So the award is actually, it's it's held on the January or February oh, every okay. year. So it is a calendar year thing. That's so you've right. only got a few more months. That's right. So actually, there has been one this year. Right. There has been one this year. It's, oh, okay. It's, yeah. It's that lovely couple um, whose name has escaped my, me. It's, <laughs> Sorry. They, they were... They were responsible for building up Quickshank Park to to the way it is now. Oh wow! Yeah, a lovely elderly couple. Um, again, anyone who's listening to this wouldn't just yeah they, they might they know. know yeah they might know yeah wow amazing um wow well what an amazing life you've had and it's fantastic to hear your story. Uh, if people want to get in hold of you, which I'm sure they will after they've listened to this, <laughs> and I'll tell everyone you're a very jolly, happy man to work with or to talk to, um, how do they get hold of you? What's the best way to do it? Uh, well, social media would probably be the best. Um, Money Jar Concept, one word, mm-hmm. on Facebook and Instagram. Humans of Sky, um, one word, on Money Jar, uh, on Facebook and Instagram as well. And also and I've got a website. Yeah. And um, and a lot of people, they might you might recognize me on the streets either. And occasionally, I get stopped. And, hey, you know. <laughs> I mean, now I've got my mask on, but people recognize me because you don't get a lot of bold Chinese men walking around around <laughs> in the West. And it's always they recognize me. So don't be afraid to say hi. I'm 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 smiling. You can't see because I've got the, I've got the mask on. But yeah, my pearly whites are there. I don't hide. Well, yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story, John. It's been fantastic to speak to you and to hear about it all. Thank you, Jules, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in. If you're still listening to this, I'm amazed because I didn't think I was that interesting. Oh, you are. (laughs) I've been interested. I hope you enjoyed this interview. You can find all our guests on the Maribyrnong Localised website, which is a free resource where you can share your business and what you do. I hope to see you on there.